And today is the day of the Katina. And uh, there are many people who have come with faith in their hearts. And more people than were here the year before. Uh, maybe because perhaps COVID had already started uh, this time last year. But there are more people this year than last. So it's the faith that we have in our hearts that makes us go and travel to various places in order to create goodness. It's the fullness um, that we have in our hearts, the joy that arises through this merit um, and through uh, the faith that we have in the Buddha's dispensation. It's natural that all of us will have some degree of faith in the beginning. It just depends on how much. Some people have a lot, some people a little. So it's different in this way. But if we have a lot of faith, um, then we follow and use the energy that that uh, faith gives us um, so that we can create goodness. Eventually, this sata, this conviction, um, will be firm within the Buddha sasana. So we have this uh, conviction that the Buddha was real and he did actually attain uh, to truth. He saw it for himself. And even though we haven't seen the Buddha, uh, we may have read his story and his biography. And we have conviction in that, that it's true. And this gives us the energy to build goodness. When we do that, our hearts fill up uh, with joy. There's this uh, rejoicing in that goodness. So the Buddha was the one who was awakened, uh, the one who knew, and the one who was joyful, joyful in the Dhamma. And this joy abided in his heart 24 hours a day. When he attained to the Dhamma, um, that's when uh, this joy was a permanent quality in his mind. There was no sadness and nothing that could bring his mind down. We think for ourselves, when we create goodness, then perhaps there's much joy in our heart, maybe there for three days and three nights. But for the Buddha, he was always joyful, always happy. He gained this from his practice, from the knowledge, uh, the insight into the Four Noble Truths, that of dukkha, the origin of dukkha, and cessation, the path leading to that cessation. He saw all these facets of the truth clearly. He knew the path that leads us out of suffering. He'd awakened from delusion, from the darkness uh, that was there previously. And he'd also awakened before anyone else. So is it possible for this awakening, this inner Buddha, to arise in our own hearts? Well, the perfectly self-awakened Buddha, he taught the methods to become a Buddha ourselves, and to awaken ourselves. So when we understand that method and we follow that, um, those who do that to completion, are the Savaka Buddhas, 
and those who are awakened uh, following the Buddha's teachings. And they also are free of defilements. That comes up for those who sincerely and correctly practice following the path of sila, samadhi, and panya. Like the Buddha said, just as there are no footprints in the sky, so too there are no awakened beings, no aryas outside of the Eightfold Noble Path. So the monk Supatta, uh, before he came to ordain, he had already practiced um, and gained very deep samadhi that he could keep with himself constantly. His, jar, his heart was um, already full and he could, and that was enough for him to receive just a brief teaching and be able to see into the Dhamma. And as he was looking up at the sky, the full moon, and saw a cloud passing in front of it, he saw how the moon became unclear, became murky through that. And he took that reflection internally, he brought it inwards, and saw that when any uh, impression entered his heart, then it became murky. He saw that the attachment that he had towards these impressions caused his heart uh, to become sad and to become sullied. And through that he attained to arahantship. So just as there are no footprints in the sky, it's only those who develop this noble path that can attain to noble fruits. So therefore we are very lucky to have come to knowledge, to uh, have reached this path ourselves, to know about sila, samadhi and panya. And having this faith, we should then practice and you know, put that faith uh, to the test and really practice this path, and that's very important. So there are some people who do this. Um, there is a couple of doctors who are 60 years old, and they both practice sincerely together. This is very praiseworthy. When our hearts are full um, in goodness um, and in skillfulness, then this gives us an energy to meditate. So therefore, for all of us, when we have this faith, then we should use that uh, to build goodness, to be generous. Um, and for all of us, that's something that's normal, that's a habit to sacrifice, to be charitable. We also take care of our sila and try to develop mindfulness and samadhi. We can try to use the reflection or the object of emptiness um, as our meditation object to reflect on nibbana, the state which isn't involved or caught up with anything. So the merit and the goodness that we have done uh, can give us the energy to uh, let go. And even though we may create merit, we also have to let go of that merit. So we also look after our sila, our morality. And this is for the sake of developing samadhi. And when we take care of our samadhi, this becomes the cause for wisdom to manifest. 
And when wisdom has come up, then we gain knowledge, gnosis, and we see or attain to vimuti, liberation. It's something that is very amazing when we experience it. So therefore, for those of us who are Buddhist, we need to seek out the Buddha within our hearts, to become firm and unshakable in this Buddhist religion, to always be putting in our effort trying to cultivate our hearts. And in the end, the samadhi will become stable and it will develop bit by bit. Those who have a lot of duties um, shouldn't just abandon their efforts in the practice, but still try to train their hearts. And when we see the true nature of our mind, we'll also come to understand its immense value. People in this world suppose, give the importance to things like diamonds, that they're very valuable, they're worth a lot of money. But if we went into a desert and we were stuck there, then these diamonds wouldn't have any worth to us. Normally people fight over them, squabble over them, but things like diamonds and gold, they just wouldn't be important. What would be important is water, because we need this water uh, to survive. Our bodies are composed of water. So what's really important to us is our lives. So when our minds have delusion, um, then they drop to a lower level and the value of our hearts diminishes. The reason we experience happiness and suffering in this world is because of delusion. But if we can bring up knowledge in the mind, then it turns bright and clear, and we'll come to understand its true value. So there are no jewels in the world, in the three worlds, that are of equal value to the jewel of the Buddha, the jewel of the Dhamma, the jewel of the Sangha. So therefore, these hearts, we should um, train them so that they can gain a clear understanding. Just like we chant, Rupang Anichang, Rupang Anatta, that form is inconstant, that form is not self. But someone asked me, well, how is this form, suffering, where does that come from? Well, it comes from this inconstancy, because whatever is inconstant is a source of stress. Whatever changes, whatever doesn't stay stable, is stressful. And that which changes, that which is stressful, we can't order it around, we can't control it, and therefore it's anatta, it's not self. But our minds habitually go and attach to these things that aren't self and take them as a self. This means that we become lost in self. But if we see the true self, then we'll see into non-self. This is something that Lumpur Cha taught, a teaching that's very beautiful and it's very worthy of listening to.
when we see our true selves, that means we've seen into non-self. But if we attach uh, to this self, if we have a self, that means we're lost, we're deluded in this self. But if we aren't deluded, that means we've understood the truth, the truth of self, which means we've reached the stage of Sotapanna. So Sotapanas have uh, 256 uh, great qualities to them. But the uh, wheel-turning monarchs, um, they just have seven of these, or seven gems. So he said that those who have seen into the Dhamma have far greater quality, more value, uh, through all of the barami that they have developed. So we should be intent in this practice, following this practice. But it's not that we desire to become sotapanas, because sotapanas are those who have abandoned, given up this wanting, given up desire, abandoned greed, hatred, and delusion. They've come to understand the truth with clarity, and that is what has allowed them to uh, enter the stream of the Dhamma. So we should train and develop our minds continuously, having efforts in the practice, and do it now that we have the opportunity, now that our bodies are strong and healthy. Because if we become sick, it's difficult. If we develop a chronic illness, such as diabetes, the practice becomes very tough. But many people have passed through these illnesses and that experience has given them uh, the sincerity in the practice. Now that they've regained their health, they're using that opportunity well. So while our bodies are able to sit, while they're able to walk, then we use them to develop goodness, to bring up and cultivate goodness within our hearts. We sacrifice our material possessions in order to gain uh, wealth, this inner wealth, this mental wealth. So it's not that it just disappears, but it comes back and resides in our hearts. In every life we do this, we sacrifice, we develop our barami, we cultivate merit. And I ask that all of this merit that you've done becomes the causes and conditions for Nibbāna to arise in this life, for the mind to become bright through clearly knowing the Dhamma. So when we have samadhi, then we use that to contemplate in a way that gives rise to wisdom, seeing clearly into the truth. Because this Dhamma is something that's already revealed. The Buddha said that whether a Buddha arises in the world, attains awakening, or whether there's no awakened Buddha in the world, the Dhamma is still here, all the same. It doesn't ever become otherwise, it never changes. It's just that when our hearts aren't peaceful, we don't see it. When they do calm down, settle, then that's when we see into the truth. We see that it's something um, that's natural, something that's here all the time.
just that previously we haven't known it because of the delusion that engulfs our hearts. So we build up goodness and this merit um, comes to shake off and peel off all of the unwholesome qualities that cover over our hearts. And this allows light to enter into them. This light is that of the Dhamma. Our hearts become bright through seeing into truth. So may you all be sincere, have your hearts set on this practice, and may all of you grow in blessings. <laughs>